Welcome to our final January and final paywalled episode of Under the Radar. Joined as always <laughs> by Mr. Chilwadalalal himself, Derek Van Riper. I love that Ian has invented a bread. That's one of my favorite <laughs> things about this show. And speaking of Ian Khan, Johnny Big Time himself, DVR, and I have both seen all of his episodes of MLB Now. Ian Khan. <laughs> uh, very good. Well, that's, that's, uh, yeah. Hey, listen, the best part about that whole hour of, which was fantastic and awesome. But when I did the one on one, the under the radar logo was behind me pretty much the entire time. There was some serious plug in on under the radar. Unless someone was watching and just assumed that was the name of the segment. But no, but at one point, John Hart, <laughs> at one point, John Hart, who was a general manager for the Texas Rangers, uh, for the Indians, and then the Rangers, and then worked with the Braves, I could we could spend an hour just talking about what I talked with John Hart about. Uh, he said, well, you know, this is a real under-the-radar moment. I was like going to say, are you plugging the podcast? But I didn't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Ian, this is great, man. Big time. And you did great. Fun. I thought you did great. Thank you. I mean, Thanks, we, we talked after, but I told you that in private. It's available online, I take it, right? You sent me in DVR a link? Yeah, no. All I sent was there's a one link to the one-on-one section uh, where okay. we talk about a little bit about the podcast, and then I go into the psychological part of the game, kind of the stuff that we talk about. And then the rest of the episode was it, – it's too bad you can, nobody can see the whole thing. It was, it, was, it was so much fun, man. And Brian Kenny was fabulous. Jason Stark, also with The Athletic. Um, we had a great time. I mean, I was sitting up there with the with the biggest of the big boys, and now I'm hanging out with the other biggest of the big boys. You almost tripped up on that one, huh? No, no, no. I knew where I was going. Look, yeah, <laughs> okay. I knew where I was going. I knew where I was going. We believe it. We're big boys. We're the biggest. Here. We could take- you guys are the biggest of the big boys in the fantasy world. And Jason Stark is a Hall of Fame. I mean, guys, that resume is ridiculous. John Hart, ridiculous, and Brian Kenny was awesome. Loved it. Loved my time there. Every minute, hoping to be asked back. One of these days, we're going to get you to say something bad about someone or something. Not today. I, I can do that. During the show. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's get into it. So we got, um, you know, we had a group text, and uh, it switched from DVR asking us what we thought of these Dynasty draft picks to me uh, writing the pieces now and wondering what Vlad Jr.'s Dynasty price is. Ian would pay a lot for him, apparently. Uh, we're going to get into some closer situations. There are a lot of them. And I've kind of noticed this as I was doing my, my NFBC 50, and uh, Vaccaro and I are in NFBC 150 now. And it's like, man, who, who are the closers? There are a lot of teams with some unsettled situations. DVR took it to Twitter. We got some of your answers, some of your questions, some of your conundrums. Uh, we're going to see some value on bad teams. Uh, maybe get into Nick Castellanos thing and kind of the fallout, the Suarez shoulder surgery, the Senzel weirdness, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then that's probably all. I mean, that's I actually wrote in here. We're kidding ourselves if we think we make it this far. We might <laughs> so, make it. We can make it. Sorry, Orioles. You get bumped for the seventh week in a row. And oh, and some show news. DVR, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, we're moving to iTunes. Next show. This is the last one that's going to be part of the secret club. We, uh, we're moving to iTunes and we're going to get a slight name change to the show. Is that public knowledge? Uh, it's insider knowledge for people who listen to the show, the early adopters. So, I mean, we're still going to be together on Wednesdays. The Under the Radar episode on Wednesdays will be the same. Uh, we're going to be part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast. So if you listen to Almost Daily last season, it's basically Almost Daily plus Under the Radar in one feed now called the Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast. 
Get excited, people. All right, but we, are we still, I mean, do we still start each episode with another, another radar? Yeah, I'm not going to respect the proper name at all. Yeah. Okay, sorry. good. As long as we keep that. <laughs> sorry, DVR. No, I'm, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. There's, there's no problem here. It's going to be exciting, but before we end up going, you know, not behind the paywall, a special tip of the cap to, the, to you guys who have been subscribers and listening to the show from the beginning. We really do appreciate you. When we were first starting out and we really didn't know how many listeners we had, just that you guys keep coming back. You you send us questions with the secret word, letting us know that you're enjoying the show. It, it means a lot, and we appreciate it. You know, guys on Baseball 365, they they write these lovely uh, reviews of the show and and of what it is that we're doing. Guys on Twitter, it's just really appreciated. So we we tip our under the radar cap to you guys. Shout out. Shout that out. was a sincere one for me, and that's nice. Hey man, yeah man. Well, yeah. So so was my sincerity about you, the Godfather. I, I teased I teased Nando. So if you've never spent any time with Nando Dufino, if you only hear the dulcet tones of Nando Dufino, um, he's sort of like the Godfather of fantasy baseball because he's he's sort of the boss everywhere we go. Like where, whatever job Nando becomes, you know, he's like Don Corleone. And he kind of has that vibe a little bit, you know, he's like, but he's also super cool and everybody loves him. And, you know, he's a, he's a great time. But uh, yeah, he's the godfather of us all. Godfather of us Thanks, all. Thanks, man. I, I don't believe it, but I appreciate it. It's true. Dude. Um, I say it. I don't just say it on the air. I tell you that on the phone. My wife's like, that's true. talking to? I said, Nando. I said, oh, yeah, that's what you think about Nando. It's true. <laughs> well, that's very sweet, man. Thank you. Uh, all right. It means a lot. Let's get into the show. So here's here's where the Vlad Jr. thing came from. I'm writing a story for our draft kit, which launches Monday. Um, five players I'm trading for now in Dynasty Leagues. And uh, it's actually, it came out of practice of me trying to trade for these players and owning a couple of them. Uh, Rusni Castillo is one of them. Uh, Jaimer Candelario is the second one. They all have different, like, Rusni Castillo is the man killed by the luxury tax. Jaimer Candelario is the now or never shot. Uh, Jose De Leon, obviously, is a forgotten man. Uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is the one you're going to have to pay up for. And then... Uh, Chris Archer was the huge cheap risk. Uh, but Vlad, Vlad Jr. is actually the one who I thought was the most interesting. And I kind of, you know, I got a bunch of stuff. I compare him to Jimmy Fox and Miguel Cabrera, uh, their first seasons versus, you know, their next 10 years. Even Ken Griffey Jr., who, uh, you know, Dynasty, you got to change your view a little bit. Griffey hit 264 with 16 home runs his rookie year. Didn't break out with those 45 home runs until four years later. He had like 22, 22, 22. But he had this high average. Um, Anyway, we can get into all that in a second, but the way I framed it was I asked these guys, like, all right, I'm writing this. Is it dumb to think, like, Verlander plus something could get you Guerrero or maybe, like, J.D. Martinez plus something bigger get you Guerrero? And Ian was like, no, no, no. It's Verlander plus Martinez plus something plus something to get Guerrero. So yep. right now I'm leaving it at Verlander plus J.D. Martinez. Um, but, Ian, you still think that's not enough, right? No, not enough. Because I, th no, well, I think Vlad's Jr. is low. I, I think, it, like, people are thinking of him as a minor bust last year. That's the only yeah, reason why. Without question, they are. But they also, you know, let's think about it like right now, Mookie Betts. What does one year of Mookie Betts give you for the San Diego Padres, right? How much are you willing to give up? How much value, how many years of control of good prospects are you willing to give up for one Hall of Fame year, ideally, from Mookie Betts? And they're going to give up a lot, but they're not going to give up too much. You're not going to give up Mackenzie Gore and Louis Patino for Mookie Betts. That's 12 years of control. Verlander has at least one more dominant year in him, I would think. Maybe not. Maybe maybe not at all. He could bust out this year. Maybe two. J.D. Martinez has how many dominant years left? Uh, maybe one, maybe two, before they fall off a cliff. Okay? And then all of a sudden in Dynasty League, guys like that have zero value. 
they're the Nelson Cruz's that you're getting, you know, because they, they're not there yet, but they're going to get there. Vlad is 21 years old. Vlad has 16 years of control left in a dynasty league. So you're talking about, and of those 16 years, we're going to call nine of them second to third round talent, maybe first round talent, but at least, I mean, I got to think he's going to turn into something with the pedigree that he had and the way he hits the ball. He's Vlad Guerrero Jr. He's going to be something. That's 10 years you're buying. Verlander, J.D. Martinez, and another piece, and another piece for me to get Vlad Jr. Would it be that's, would that's it be like mind. a draft pick, and then like I don't know, Florial or like a prospect, kind of like at that level, um, or would it be like another old guy? Because you got to package something where it's a win now. Like you got to pitch this to someone. Yeah. Like, okay. So let's say Verlander, let's say, JD, yeah. Let's say Justin Turner, J.D. Martinez. Justin Verlander and Jose, it's a little, it's a little tricky at that point, but you can almost see also getting, I was, yeah, because you've got four guys who are dying on the vine, but it'll give you two years each, right? What if you swapped out Yuli Gurriel for Jose Abreu? Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Fine. But Yuli Gurriel, especially with the cheating is, is probably going to go down because there ain't going to be as much buzzing going on uh, this year. Um, But yeah, I, I just when you said to me Verlander plus for Vlad, I'm like no, or JD no. Put put those two together. That's just your starting point. That's about sixty five, sixty percent of Vlad in a dynasty league, for sure. I mean, DVR, let me just, make where, one last point. Oh, let me just Sorry, say this one last thing. Remember last week the trade I talked to you about? I traded Charlie Morton and Charlie Blackman, two win now pieces for a 16 year old unproven guy who's never played baseball in Jason Dominguez. Because the long term of a young bat, the value is off the charts, what you can get. Yeah, but Jason Dominguez hasn't, I don't want to say Vlad is tarnished, but I think he's a little bit tarnished in the minds of fantasy players because he only had 12 home runs and he, you know, only hit 279. You know what I mean? Like, I think people thought that Vlad was going to come up and go like 338 with 25 home runs and have like that Ronald Acuna first year. You're right. Totally. But what I saw in one of my dynasty leagues, he did get traded. Straight up for Mookie Betts. And so that's a 28-year-old outfielder who's got nine more years of control for a 21-year-old third baseman with 16 more years of control. You know, so that's the value of him in a dynasty league. On my dynasty rankings, I have him ranked at number 11. I have Verlander at 62, I think. I have J.D. Martinez. Maybe Verlander's a little lower, 58. J.D. Martinez is like 63. Are those up, by the way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The top 300 is up. I got to fix 300 to 400. I had to do three, the top 300 for the Rotowire magazine. So I really worked on those with James Anderson. Ding. Um, ding. And ding. And so those are clean and fresh, but I do have to clean up 300 to 400 because there's some mistakes in there. But are they up on rotowire.com or are they just Yes, Rotowire. If you're a Rotowire subscriber, you have full access to them. And and then here, can I tell? I'm sorry, I'm talking too much. But Jesse. No, go Roach, ahead. This is, DVR yells at us after the show for that. Jesse Roach. Uh, who does the uh, the rankings, the dynasty rankings over at oh, BP. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm in the trade talks with him right now in our score sheet league. Be careful. The boy is shot. Ian, I've, I've never talked to this guy before 10 minutes before the show. Seriously. Did you get on the phone with him or did you text with him? No, I don't do the phone, man. That's you. I That's do the phone. Maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll have you negotiate the trade for me on the phone. You you might want to actually, let's do that. I will totally negotiate that deal with Jesse. <laughs> because Jesse's After you let DVR talk. 
Sorry, what were you going to say? <laughs> well, what I was going to, what, God, I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. So he calls me up and he says, look, I'm looking at your roster and uh, there's a guy I, I kind of want. Um, and I'm, I'm, you want Carlos Carrasco? I was like, yeah, maybe. And then he says, give me Fulte and a draft pick. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I, I like Fulte more than I like Carrasco. And he's like, uh, I'm looking at your rankings. You have Carrasco at 156 and you have Fulte at 210. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> oh, oh, he got you. He did. And I was like, still, I ain't doing it. I just got to change my ranking, but I ain't doing that. No, no. I like Fulte more than I like Carrasco. Anyway, that was it. It was just funny. But yes, I will t- I will call Jesse immediately after the show and say I'm taking over trade talks with Nando. Well, let's just send him a clean feed link and do it live. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that I'm done talking for the next eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, DVR. Uh, jump in here, man. Say anything you'd like. It's, you know. I don't have any problem like you're being left out. with Vlad Jr. as uh, a top 10 top 15 dynasty player because he hits the ball as hard or harder than anybody in the league like max exit velocity last year he was number one on that leaderboard and it's full of good players other than Aristides Aquino for 2020 who's playing time we'll talk about later Pete Alonso Gary Sanchez Aaron Judge Jose Abreu Christian Yelich Jordan Alvarez those are the top eight guys Vlad Jr. is the top of that list like hitting the ball very hard is a good thing he's so young like Ian said you get the control forever the only thing he doesn't do is steal bases, but I think those Miguel Cabrera comps are still fair, and that's an extremely lofty comp, but once he gets the attack angle adjusted in his swing, we're going to see that launch angle go up, and he's going to become that 300-plus, 40-homer, 100-100 guy that everyone expects him to be. I, so I, I would have stopped at like 333. I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to go for 40, but that's... Uh... I think 40 is in his prime. 40 is easy. I mean, he's an 80 hit tool player with 80 power. That's so rare. Like he it, never, it, it, it's he, never been seen. He can do that with a normal baseball, not the 2019 juice ball. That's, that's the scary thing about the raw talent that Vlad Jr. Brings to the table. But I think there is something kind of lurking in, in the subtext of, of how we are talking about Vlad Jr. And maybe how he is perceived outside of, uh, industry or expert dynasty leagues. I think the the opinions of players in in leagues like this in general. I think we're more prospect heavy in our industry keeper and dynasty leagues than a lot of the people in listener leagues are. And that's not me disparaging the listener leagues. It's just kind of recognizing how I think we in the industry think we know a lot about prospects and player development, and I think we know quite a bit or at least a little bit about it. But I almost wonder if we get too obsessed with the long, long-term value. This isn't necessarily about Vlad Jr. in particular, uh, but I saw a really interesting Twitter post. I think it was Prospects 361. I'm really bummed. I don't remember who exactly it was. But uh, there is still a goal of winning the league and a keeper in a dynasty league. And I feel like some of the people I play against in long-term formats, they're always playing for tomorrow. They're dreaming so much on the future potential of their roster and always trying to get more prospects and trying to load up for the future that they never actually you know, put the car in drive, so to speak, and actually make a run to be competitive in any given season. Like the perpetual rebuilding team that always has young talent but never has the right pieces to take that step forward. There's a danger there, though, bro. I knew one guy, nice fella, and he waited years, 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 waited like two years and didn't didn't make any trades. Said, no, 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 I'm playing for the future. I'm playing for the future. I'm playing for the future. And then he goes, all right, I'm in. And I made a trade with him. I traded him. Um, oh, what's that closer from Japan who was really good his first year in St. Louis? 
Anybody? Sun Quan Oh. 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 The the closer. And I and he ended up giving me like three great prospects for him that were just on the verge, but he felt he was a closer away. His team just fell apart and he ended up quitting the league. Um, <laughs> you got to be careful. Like you, you I, I, I agree with you, DVR. You got to find your way to that competing window, but you also have to be careful that you, you don't get ahead of yourself because then you're going to have to just start all over again. <laughs> I don't know what recess of the brain you made me pull Akinori Atsuka from. <laughs> But I just looked him up. And it was 2006. 2006. He had 32. Wow. Slams. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> See, that's yeah. a yeah, that's full Nando. Full Nando, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I uh, I still think I don't know. I still think I can get for Verlander and JD Martinez. Nothing else. I think I can get Vlad Jr. Who's got Vlad? Is it Jesse? No, no one had. No, I'm just. I, I was making that up. I don't have any oh, of these okay. players. I actually have. I actually have Vlad. In uh, in my score sheet dynasty league, okay, but I've, don't I've Vlad and Tatis. I think you can pull trades off like that in more like a, a keep five sort of format, where someone might be playing for right now and they say, you know what, I want to win this title. I can only keep five players anyway. Maybe there you can do that, but I think the age of the two players you're talking about with JD and Verlander is yeah. a big part of the hangup. I think if you were to go. Oh, I don't know. Like just, just a little bit younger. Let's say, let's say you went like Glaber Torres with a second player. I think you get a deal yeah. done because you're giving up another player with upside to get the player that has the most upside in the deal. Like I think you're you're enticing that Vlad Junior owner to actually dream on someone else's potential a little bit since they're giving up on a guy we've been so excited about in keeper and dynasty leagues for five years now. Yeah, How so about someone like Rendon, Glaber and Tatis for who? Vlad Jr. Yeah, you get that in a minute. Absolutely. You, you get something I mean, you back argue, with Vlad, probably. Yeah, without question. You I mean, so? I, I, yeah. yeah. Tatis is more valuable than, than Vlad because he's less dinged right now. So I got Tatis, I think, at nine and Vlad at 11. So that's a straight up deal. Those guys are straight up. Those are two. If you have, if you have in your score sheet Dynasty League Tatis and, and Vlad, please call me before you make any trades with, involving those players. Because no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to rebuild. I actually have oh, Chris okay, Sale yeah. who I'm shopping around. Yeah. Well, sale. See, now sale's a tricky thing, man. I, I w- you know he's only thirty. <laughs> he's also he's also at his absolute lowest value that I've seen him at in his entire since he became good, right? Since his second year for the White Sox, he's not been at this low value. I I think you really wait on sale. You let him build up his, his value back. You let him come out in spring training, throwing five innings, striking out eight guys. All of a sudden, you can get a ransom for it. Whereas yeah, for I, right uh, now. It, it it's doesn't. not the only offers I've gotten so is it's gray plus uh Florial and Gray and Hunter Green or Gallon and uh Florial Gallon Hunter Green from yeah. the same team. No, no. I won't name names because I like <laughs> the guy a lot. I think it's fair, but you know, I didn't ask it's him. It's not fair about no, it. It's not good. That's it, not it's, close. It's yeah. well I mean I hate Sonny Gray so much. Um No no I'm sorry, it's John Gray. My bad. John. Oh no. Yeah. No. Yep. No, so I, see, I, I went whoever back that and guy like, is, want... is not. Sorry, dude. Whoever that guy is is not your friend because John Gray and Estevan Floriel for Chris Sale is not yeah, good. It's an I embarrassing see. offer. That's a bad offer. That's a hey, go go duck yourself, pal. Sorry, that's not nice. <laughs> Actually, I got one of anyway. those offers recently. Oh yeah, no, I made an offer to somebody whose name will, re- will remain out. Right, but we all know it's James Anderson. Anderson. <laughs> Ding. No, 
No, and anyway, he he was like, that's that doesn't interest me in the in the in the little any like just rude, like that's not even close. And I was like, yeah, it is. It's quite close, but whatever, fine. I will take you off my. I, I actually wrote, I will take you off of my uh, trade partner list for now. Then, and he's like, no, 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 no. I didn't mean it like that. I, I don't, I don't, no, no, no. I was like, yeah, no, no. That's the general fine. has spoken. No, I was like, all right, that's the way. If if you think that that is so outrageous of an offer, then we we don't play in the same fantasy baseball universe, and I'll be happy to I'll be happy to trade with the other 14, 13 teams in the league. And he was like, no, no, no. I was like, all right, all right. He's like, I'm terribly sorry. I said, all right, I accept your apology. I'm sorry, I got a little hot under the collar myself. Yeah, you got to apologize right? back. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, yeah. He's still like DVR. That's a, you, you remember that. You remember that guy forever. This is the guy who tried to rip me off. Yeah, you definitely remember that. And when you are looking to deal, you're looking at other owners first. You might still look at that team's roster, and you may still find a deal and, and try to make an offer, but you're looking elsewhere and probably going to that person last near the bottom of your list for a while. Can I ask etiquette yeah. from you guys? I have an etiquette question, a fantasy baseball etiquette question. So in another league, another dynasty league that I'm new in, uh, that I was brought on as a partner, uh, we received an offer that was so wildly out of whack. I mean, like, think Vlad Jr. for Mitch Hanniger and Daniel Vogelbach. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was, like, wildly out of whack. And then the question was, I was like, are you kidding me, man? Is this for real? And I wanted to send back, like, an equally bad offer. And I was like, I don't know if we should do that. Like, you know, I'm not sure. You, what's the etiquette on that for you, Nando and Derek? What's, what's, what's your etiquette on that? I just don't reply to it. I don't reject it. I don't do anything. I just don't. I, I let it sit out there and let them wonder why. <laughs> okay. I think I reject it and move on. Okay. Yeah. When I reject, I like to explain it to people. Like, I've got a guy in one of my leagues. It's just a regular league. It's a home league. But he gives terrible trade offers. And I sit there and I don't. And then five days later, he's like, did you see that offer I sent? I'm like, yeah, it. I'm not going to uh, acknowledge oh. this. Oh. DVR has got some extra work behind the paywall today. Sorry, DVR. That's the, I get heated. <laughs> but aren't we cool? Isn't it an adult show? Aren't we behind a paywall yeah, at least a, for come one on, more man. week? Come on, man. Yeah, next week we can't do this. <laughs> well, you, yeah. you're like, I'm, I'm not the final authority on these things. You kind of are. You should though. be. You I'm just a brick the in the wall, guys. You're the brick that runs all the podcasts. So you kind of you. Yeah, you're kind of the. I wish, see, yeah, I was look how lucky I am. I get to work with both the bosses. I love it. Yeah. What a, it's, it's a good <laughs> yeah, life we're total, I got. We're total both bosses. Of my, both of the guys are my bosses. This is fun. All right. We should probably move forward because you're right. We haven't even gotten to the closer situation yet. Yeah. Uh, so DVR sent out a, a tweet to, uh, to all the followers of the Athletic FS, which, by the way, should join. It's fun. It's good times. Um, and so we got, uh, I don't know, what letter is I? <laughs> we got nine of these. <laughs> yeah, that's the ninth letter. We should just Oh, man, that would be a hard game. On. Yeah, could you imagine if I, if like, all right, DVR, you know, what letter is R? And you're going to be, I think that's 24. Yeah, is it 22? Plus, I don't know. <laughs> R, I'm going to go plus with minus 18. Two. I'm going 18. I'm going 18 on R. That would be a good game. I'm not going to, all right, you know what? Give me a minute. I'll write out the alphabet. It'd be a fun game for about two minutes, and then it'd be like, oh, we kind of burned through it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can only do, do this 26 times. After a few pitchers of beer, it'd probably be a lot more fun. Let's just, save that for the Tau Wars. Yeah, yeah. Like, right, like, get the card ready and have it just ready to go for, you know, 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock on Friday night. This is subtle, but Nando just said Tau Wars. I don't say Tau... This is an actor problem of mine. He just said, we'll save that for Tau Wars. 
but isn't it Tout Wars? Yeah, nah. uh, probably. Yeah. I mean, I can't okay. pronounce a whole bunch of words. I can't say No, no it's not about pronunciation. He said it properly. It's just that he put the stress on the wars. Advance. Instead of... <laughs> well, no, that's what it is. It's, it's wars of touts. Tout wars. Tout wars. Tout wars. No, no, it's not tout wars. It's tout wars. Yeah, tout it's wars. A, tout wars. What kind of it's wars are they? Mother. They're the tout, tout wars. wars. It's like the, uh, my, I told the story about the Sophie's Choice with the woman yep. when she said, it's Sophie's Choice. I was like, that's not Sophie's Choice. It's Sophie's <laughs> Choice. <laughs> Relationship killing <laughs> conversation. Not, yes, it was. <laughs> it's not about Sophie. It's about her freaking, anybody could do it. Nobody's going to do a movie about Sophie. It's about her choice. Sophie's Choice. So I said, Sophie's Choice. We're done. And we're done here. By the way, the letter R, number 18. Congratulations, Woo! Ian Khan. Wow. That was good. That was good. And that, that brings right. us back to step right up. But yeah, let's 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 get to these closers. <laughs> oh my god, step right up. Okay, closers. Lance let's Lynn start with versus, the pirates. Uh, <laughs> Lance Lynn versus no, who was, who it? was it? Jake Arietta. Yes. 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 That was great. Man, that was a good everyone show. wrong. That was funny. That was a good DVR canceled that show. It was good. It was fun while it lasted. <laughs> I canceled that show because of that segment. <laughs> All right, come on. We got to talk fantasy baseball. By the way, this is... Wait, wait, wait. wait. And also, I want to say this to our listeners. This will be our last kind of loose week. Starting next week, we're going to get into full draft prep. Uh, We've spoken... Each of us... I spoke to DVR about this. Spoken to Nando about this. Nando agrees. He said, yeah, but we got one more week of kind of loosey-goosey. It's still January. But next week, we're going to be in February, and we're going to be doing like serious draft prep stuff. Agreed. Agreed. I didn't call it loosey-goosey. Well, we, this so is we just kind of loosey tighter because we got to pack some more stuff in. Right, we're thirty minutes in and we're getting to the second topic, so we're pretty. Well, loosey yeah, but that was good talk about Vlad Junior. I thought fun stuff, fun stuff. Love it, love it. Love it. Helpful stuff. Go. Very good. All right, all right. Nothing, nothing but business now. All right, next pirates. Week. Yeah, well, let's. I mean, maybe we'll start it now. Give a preview of what next week is going to look like by Sounds how good. serious we take this closer talk. Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> for the eighth time, <laughs> for the aged time, uh, Pirates, Kayona Kila, Kyle Crick, uh, ODVR throwing Santana in there, and then question marks. Uh, DVR, let's just start with this one. What is your feel for the Pittsburgh Pirates closer situation? I think it's Keone Kayla if he's not traded to a contender. I mean, clearly the Pirates are tearing it down to the studs and trying to save as much money as possible. Uh, but I think in terms of skills and, and just trying to prop up his value a bit, using him in a high leverage role and looking at the competition, Keone Kayla just makes the most sense for the job if he's still there on opening day. If he's not, that's where it gets really tricky for me. This becomes one of the most cloudy bullpen situations in the entire league. There's a handful of guys that are interesting, and they all have different warts like Richard Rodriguez gives up way too many home runs. Kyle Crick's got a terrible track record of walking too many guys. Um, Michael Felice was pretty interesting once upon a time. Like he might be another one of those guys that has the home run issue that was elevated by the ball last year. So I think Crick is the fallback option, but Kayla's the guy, if I'm drafting a pirate in a 15 team mixed league or something deeper and I'm trying to get saves, he's the guy that I'm going after right now. Ian, uh, Crick in my in my fifty round NFBC fifty, I got Crick pretty late. I, I want to say like maybe thirty fifth round or something. Yeah, uh, maybe later than that. 
It's going to be Keela, but here's my point about the Pirates and the Orioles. Don't draft their closers. Because how many games are they going to win? Like 50? 52? Over the course yeah, of... Yeah, but they're going to be close 52 games. Yeah, they they may be, but you're you're going to end up not getting many saves. And what I think uh, DVR is right. The only problem I have with Keela being traded is he's a knucklehead, man. I mean, that guy, that guy is a knucklehead. So deciding to bring him onto your team, one of the things I talked to John Hart about, I was really, I was like, hey, how much do you take in what a guy's like in the clubhouse? And he goes, I take it in a lot. He said, I think about it all the time. And then this is what he said it was so cool. He said, and it doesn't necessarily mean they have to be nice people. They, they just have to be like guys who get to come to the ballpark every day ready to go. They, they come in in shape at the beginning of the season and they're respectful of their teammates. If they do that and they can be kind of a jerk, you know, because I said, well, what about Albert Bell? He's like, well, Albert Bell came to play every single day. So w- what's the makeup on him? He had some anger issues, but overall he was he was a great guy. Kayla has some, Kayla has some anger issues. Um, but I also think he's going to be the closer and I ain't touching him because he's the closer for the Pirates. Hold on, I got the pronunciation guide right here because I'm also struggling with Keela versus Kella, and it's not. Yeah, he's not in the pronunciation guide. All right, not helpful. Fantastic. I gotta keep calling him Keela. Hashtag um, Kayla. How do you say that. Kayla? Can that be our our, our secret word? How do Perfect. we say Keela? Yeah, well, yeah. Just just his last name, maybe. Okay. Hashtag Keela. It's okay. it's Keone Kella in the baseball reference guide. So I was okay. I was screwing it Kella. up. Yeah, it's Kella. Kella. That one always right. messes with me. Kella. Keone uh, Kella. Speaking of knuckleheads, uh, Kyle Crick was kind of like the enforcer of the Pirates' knuckleheady stuff. Remember he tore his finger ligament uh, fighting Felipe Vasquez? And then he got the pitching coach suspended and I assume fired. He, I mean, he's, he was out the door there. But like, uh, it was because he was saying they, they had preferential treatment for Felipe Vasquez, which, in, you know, in retrospect now, looks like Kyle Crick was the moral authority here. Uh, by fighting Felipe Vasquez and saying the guy's a jerk. Um, I don't think there's anything that you know would indicate that he'd be closer material because of that. No, but he looked like he turned the corner in 2018. I mean, last year was a, a big step back for him, Nando, but look at the numbers from two years ago. 239 ERA, 113 whip, 65 Ks and 16 to third innings. Like That's pretty good. Like, if he gets back to that, he's right there in the thick of things. I don't know if you guys got the email from Funston because uh, he's putting together the roundtable of bold predictions, bold fantasy predictions for the draft kit. But one of my bold predictions was Kyle Crick is going to lead the National League in saves. So I'm going with Crick on this one. Oh, come on. They're supposed to be bold, man. Right? Who do you want, the boring one? Crick, look, Kella, Kella is on the last year of his contract on a team yeah. like you guys have been saying is trading everybody. Ben Charrington's the new guy in town cleaning everything out. Why not a former top prospect first round draft pick? Maybe Converted the, the argument is just they're not going to the guy who's going to win for most saves is going to have 56 saves this year, whoever it is. And the Pirates aren't going to have 56 wins. That's Are we sure about wins. that with all these new rules, with these new three just, batter minimum rules that's not going to mess just, everything up somehow? I don't know, man. That team is that team is decimated. They just don't have pitching. If Joe Musgrove is your absolute ace, you're not trying to win ball games. You're you're trying to accumulate draft picks. They will not be contending uh, again until 2026. Well, this is a this is a strange group of teams that are on this list. I mean, some of these teams are really good teams with lots of good options. Some of them are like the Pirates, where they're going to win so few games that you can kind of just talk yourself out of staying away from the situation entirely. But I'm really intrigued by some of the responses we got from people on Twitter. Like I, I was surprised that. 
that people wanted to talk about the Twins, for example. I just I, I look don't at the Twins. Why I, that's a question? I think it's Taylor. Right, let's talk about the Twins. Bring that one up. Nice segue, DVR. You're right. We do have to keep moving it along. <laughs> Ian and I were taking this off track. But why, why? I don't understand why that's a why that's even a question. Like that seems so clearly the the Rogers is the guy. It just made me wonder. Like, am I assuming something that's not locked in? They they have Sergio Romo back. Um, other than May other than Romo, Trevor yeah, May, right? May May was good. None of their other starting candidates are going to fall out of the rotation and go right into a high leverage relief role because a lot of them are are soft tossers like Dobnik and Smelter and those guys. I think Taylor Rogers is a pretty safe, like second tier closer this year. I, I, mean, I yeah. think he's thirty saves plus and with really good ratios to boot. Am I am I missing anything with him? No, you're not. I mean, that, there's some of these that we can just bang out quick, right? Um, I, I no, Taylor Rogers is the closer. You draft him accordingly. Draft him as a top fifteen closer or top twelve even. I mean, he really was good last year, and his stuff is for real too. It's not just that he did well and he got lucky. Like he's got some great stuff coming from the left side. He he's the real deal for me. I don't have an opinion. I think I, look as good as he is. Because here's the thing: as good as he is, I, I don't know if Rocco Baldelli manages. You know, let's use this guy in the middle innings. Then, you know what I mean? No. And yeah, again, but again, I don't want to on himself. these new rules. He's a lefty who's awesome, and you're not going to be able to bring in a lefty to face one batter anymore this year. Like a lefty's got to face three batters. Yeah. So say you got a couple lefties coming up and then some righties. I mean, can he get that third righty out? And is he more valuable in the seventh to hold a lead? Well, that's a, that's a, a whole different conversation then. That's a whole different conversation what you're talking about. That's an interesting thought process, meaning that saves could go because of this new rule. I, I don't know how it will affect. Um, so, the lefty all right, closers. fair enough. Yeah. I think that's a lefty closer issue overall. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Well, can then let's go to the Braves real quick because here's what surprises me: the Braves traded for Mark Melanson uh, and then made him the closer. And he came in. And he did. He was lights out. He was or almost lights out. He was. He was like most of the lights were out and only a couple of bowls were left on. But then they signed Will Smith for a ridiculous amount of money, and then they're not going to make him the closer. I don't understand that. But they say Will Smith's another lefty. Maybe. I mean, is that is that is that the Nando rule? Is that the is it is this the Nando <laughs> lefty closer rule? They they have some other like so the difference with these two pens is that the Twins don't have any other lefties right now on that depth chart. Like Taylor Rogers, the only one. Hmm. The Braves have a couple guys. Grant Dayton might be around. If Sean Newcomb's not in the rotation, he's obviously a really good late inning reliever they could use. Sean Newcomb's gettable late in in these. He I think I don't even yeah. think he went drafted in the one I was in. Really? Oh, oh, yeah, 12 team. Maybe not. It was 12 Maybe. team, but I mean, still like 600 Sean players. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like at least in the last five rounds, probably on people's lists, I would think, in a, a league like that. But I, I do like their other starting, their young starters better. I, I see Newcomb just being filthy out of the pen. Like, I, I like him a lot in that role. I think it puts him in a funny spot in fantasy unless you're playing. In a league with holes, but right. uh, but Melanson versus Smith, like we had this conversation a year ago for a rebuilding San Francisco team, and it seemed obvious that Smith was the guy, and he was. He didn't get traded, even though we expect him to get traded, and then he ended up being like a really nice value. Is there something similar happening this year where he's deflated because Melanson's name is atop the depth chart right now? Like, do you think the the Braves are bluffing with the idea that Melanson's the closer and the guy they just I gave all the money to? Do. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, why are you spending all the money on Will Smith? I think it's a $14 million contract for three years. And 
Melanson's on the tail end of his contract. I, I mean, I don't know. I, it just strikes me weird. I own Melanson in a league, so I'd be very happy to have him get the job. And Will Smith, I don't have anywhere. So, like, personally, that would be great. Melanson does have a really good track record. I mean, there was a time where he was a top three closer in baseball. I guess about four years ago, he was one of the, you know, one of the big dogs. I don't know. It's, a, it's well, look an at Andrew question. Miller. Is this not, could this be an Andrew Miller situation where they brought the dude in just to be a middle reliever and gave him a ton of money? Yeah, like why maybe. are we talking about Shane Green in this situation? If Melanson <laughs> becomes like Melanson of every other year where he gets blown up and torched and they, this, you know, maybe this lefty thing is for real, wouldn't Shane Green be kind of the guy who slides in and gets a bunch of saves? I just never trusted Shane Green, even, even when he was with Detroit. Yeah, but do you trust Melanson? I kind of do. His stuff looked so good last year in, in August and September. It looked old school Melanson. He also has a great, he's just great up there. Like he really does. When he's, when he's right, he's, he's strong. But look, they've got depth there. I, I think, who knows, you may see a trade with Arenado in the next uh, couple of days with the Atlanta Braves. I, 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 that would, they're, they're playing for now. And the guy that John Hart kept talking about was Max Fried. He said Max Fried is going to be the real deal this year. So he's going to be an ace. Freddie Freeman liked him. Freddie Freeman tipped everyone off to him last year. About he Max, said yeah. something preseason like Max Fried throws, man. Like this guy's going to be awesome. Now he on the Brewers problem. front, on the Brewers front, I want to ask you DVR because I, I just saw Knable starting to throw again. I mean, can we really trust that he's going to come in and he's not going to take Hater's job? He's not going to be that strong. It's going to take some time to, for him to build his strength back up. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think he's going to miss at least a few weeks when the season begins. That's what their current indications are. And, and if that you know, turns into a full month, that wouldn't surprise me either. But by May 1st, Knable should be in the bullpen in a late-inning role. I think the question comes down to whether or not you believe that Craig Council is going to sit back and, and do things the way he did last year with Knable being part of the bridge to Hater, or if he's going to go back to the time before Knable got hurt, where Hater's that flexible reliever who does pick up some saves, but is just used in that highest leverage spot. Like That kind of feels more like the way Council handles the bullpen in general. So I think this is going to be kind of a, an ugly split, where if you said you know, project 40 saves, for Hader and Knable, how would you split them? I might split them like 25-15 going for the whole season where a good chunk of those, maybe a third of those saves for Hader get piled up really early in the year before Knable's fully available on back-to-back -back days and you know in his regular sort of capacity. I disagree. I like JP Fiorisian. <laughs> you know, maybe I'll just stick to the Dark Horse guys, but JP Fiorisian's awesome DVR and I, I know he's like bottom of the depth chart as far as a closer right now but I think he's going to do something maybe it's just five saves ultimately maybe he's better for a holds league but if you look at his numbers he was buried in the Yankees system forever um, and I think it either got traded or the Yankees DFA'd him and the Brewers picked him up I think it was a trade but he's like he's got crazy strikeout numbers in the minor leagues hasn't gotten a shot yet in the majors but I just feel like maybe he can fit in there somewhere He's got the stuff. I think for all the, the knocks on their rotation, their bullpen's pretty interesting because you have guys like Fire Eisen, you have uh, Bobby Fire Eisen, I'm sorry. No, it's all right. It's, uh, no, it's, I like when you subtly correct me. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Wall coming off a torn ACL is going to be important. Uh, Freddie Peralta, if he's in the pen and not in the rotation, he could throw some gas. Like they, They've got a lot of guys, in addition to Hayter and Knable, 
that can maybe help bridge the gap for some of their starters who are that, that rotation is trash. Guys. That rotation is trash, trash. But that might be a and top five or top seven bullpen. Okay, because the rotation is trash. I, I I think that's one of the worst rotations in baseball. Even with the love that we're giving Brandon Woodruff on the show, and that everyone's starting to give to him, um, I just don't see. I mean, is Hauser or a, a logical number two for you? No, he's like a three or a four. Well, who's number two? They don't. Have, they don't really have a number two starter. Eric Lauer. Eric Lauer. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Hey, I took Nando. I took Eric Lauer in the, in my fifty. I, I took all your guys. I took Lauer. I took Jose De Leon. I took anybody that Garrett Cooper. I took all Nando guys. <laughs> I did. Thank you. Once hey, I get you know everything settled. A, you know who's floating around there? Shelby Miller. Yeah, he's he's in there. He, I mean, I mean, I know, I know, but like, it's still Shelby Miller. They, a couple of years removed from the arm surgery. They had him at AAA last year for a few starts. He had some opt out in the second half, and he he opted out. But I think they must have seen something encouraging. Whether that was him getting the control back and being a, a depth starter at some point, or maybe even I mean, failed, failed starter becomes reliever becomes good reliever. Like that could that could play out too. That wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world. But here's the question with Josh Hader. He's the first reliever off the board in pretty much every league, and for good reason. 143 and 138 strikeouts the last two seasons. He had 12 saves in 2018. He had 37 in 2019. That's why I look at that and I keep thinking, let's split the difference. A sub-3 ERA every year in the big leagues, a whip under one. He's valuable even if he's only a part-time closer or two-thirds or three-quarters of a closer or even one-third of a closer. He doesn't have to get a lot of saves to be a very valuable fantasy pitcher. I think it only really backfires on you in leagues where you can't trade, like NFBC-style formats, where if you're penciling him in for 35 or 40 saves and you do get that that 25 or less, then you're kind of scrambling looking for saves on the wire potentially, and you paid a very steep price to get him. But with the ratios as good as they are and with those K totals being as high as they are, I don't know. I think he could still be pretty good even with the increased price. Oof. In Roto, you just got it. We got to we got to clarify that Roto. Yeah, in Roto. I mean, a points a points league. Maybe if he gets some wins in middle relief, and maybe your league counts holds. But Man. you know, in a points league, it's, those guys are kind of worthless unless you're just not Man. worthless because he's going to get some saves. But you know, take away those saves and that kind of pitcher, a Dellen Batances type. Yeah, it's it honestly I what you're telling me is is if I drafted Hater with the 68th pick as the first reliever off the board, this news is not good news. Cuz who needs who needs the heck out of this? I I you got to hope if you're a Hater owner. I own him in one league and fortunately it's a a holds also league. It's like you get half a point for a hold, half a, half a save for a hold. So if he does go into that situation that's not terrible but if i had drafted him as a you know the number one closer off the board man i'd be annoyed who needs that i'm not so keen on Corey canable man no 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 i don't think he i don't think he takes that job back until maybe like august he's not so coming on fire agent with me say again <laughs> well, <laughs> i'm i'm just sticking with hater i'm hearing I just think I think Hader comes in and pitches the eighth and the ninth. He's like Goose Gossage back in the seventies. He used to come in, pitch two, three innings at a time. Those were those were fun days. This was before DVR was alive. Yeah, DVR. I'm, I'm familiar with the Goose. Uh, I just I think the range of outcomes on Hader is extremely wide. It's like top ten pitcher because he's the guy he was last year with even more saves, or it's like top thirty pitcher and it's because he's 
getting all those Ks and those ratios, but it's despite the fact that he's lost those save opportunities. Like they, so then they're, they're, you have they're, to then you got to take Roberto Osuna ahead of you. Got to think about Kirby Yates then ahead of Hater, as far as I'm concerned, as the number oh, one closer. Kirby based on what, based on what you're saying there, DVR, I don't think that you should that people should be taking Hater with the first reliever pick. I, I, I just think don't. I think what you have to do is just treat it like you drafted a guy that isn't as safe for the saves as the first closer but, off the board then, typically is. Right, so then you don't, so then, uh, all right, all listen, do not take Josh Hader as the first closer off the board then because you're taking the first closer off the board, you're spending for it. Unless closers fall all the way to like 98. But even then, if you're taking the first closer off the board and you're you're opening that first door, you're doing it to get the value of having what you believe is going to be the best closer in baseball. Back in the old school when it was Kenley Jansen or when it was Craig Kimbrell, back when they were those guys. There was no question Kimbrell was going to be your closer. He was going to get you the saves. Jansen the same way. If we're saying that we're not sure that haters going to actually get the saves, do not spend the premium. Get Yates, get Chapman. Get um get Roberto Osuna. Those guys are going to be the closers. He's about know, pretty soon as a knucklehead. He's about fifteen to twenty. Just traded for him. This picks week. cheaper than the <laughs> first closers have been in past years. Like sixty six for the ADP. We've seen at peaks guys like Kimbrel and Jansen in recent years. Chapman kind of push up into that three four turn of a fifteen team league. So it's just it's a really interesting year for closers. I think people obviously were burned by Edwin Diaz and Blake Trinan. And and that has that oh, is, he that just has led to like a, a pushback on some of the elite closers this year. Agreed. Now let's move on to the Dodgers now. Jansen and Trinan, uh, from my point of view, Renando, what do you think? Who who is Jansen safe? Is Trinan going to take that job? No, I think it's I think Jansen's. I mean, I guess it all depends on which Kenley Jansen shows up. But I think the really awesome one's going to show up um, and be fine. Like I mean, this this is like. This is a team that hasn't had any managerial changes. Jansen's been relatively steady. Um, I think maybe you know, fresh start, fresh season, new outlook, and he'll be awesome. That's that's my hunch. I don't. I'm I'm with you. Where are know. you at? I don't know if you can be awesome, but I think he's definitely got the job. But where where are you at, DVR? Well, how about this? Would you rather have Jansen or Roldis Chapman as your closer? Roldis Chapman. I mean, yeah. If prices are close. If prices are near equal, then sure, Chapman. But I, I think. There's a strong case to be made for Jansen as undervalued. This is the lowest price we've ever seen on him since he became the closer for the Dodgers. Right. Outside the top right. 100, even outside the top 125 in ADP. I mean, he's he's right there with Edwin Diaz in ADP right now. Like, Who would you rather have there? In Jansen. that case, I'd rather have Jansen. I, I just think... I'd like, rather have Diaz. No guarantee Diaz is going to be your closer in New York. I don't. I don't even dislike Diaz. I just, I feel... I feel as though Blake Trinan is part of the bridge to Jansen. Jansen is the guy unless he's horrific. And we saw it with Craig Kimbrell last year. The wheels can come off, right? But I, I think there's a good chance Jansen actually returns a bit of value from his current price. I, 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 I like him as a weight on a closer that guy. Drop, that drop in miles per hour from 93 to 90 or 92 to 91 made a big difference. He's going to come in. He, he's a guy, very prideful guy. It's going to be his you know, now or never year, and he's going to be coming in and pushing for it. I got a I got a confession to make, and I don't know how I missed this. Looking at roster resource for the Mets just to make sure I did, I was an idiot about this Diaz thing. Like I knew Batances is there. I just want to make sure there wasn't someone else. I forgot Michael Waka's a Met now. I like this Mets team, man. I do too. We go into FanDuel, put some overs on the Mets. What are they? Eighty four and a half. 
Let's what, go to the Whatever Meadowlands. the number is on the Mets, whatever the number is on the Mets, that'd be. Wait, God, we still haven't done those numbers. We gotta go. You guys, you're too. gonna pick me up. But we're gonna do it. We're gonna. I, th- I think that's like one mega episode where we just sit down and grind through those. It might be seven hours long, but we're gonna get through it. All right. Well, you know, good, I, good, so good. many people are doing over under shows. I, I just, I'd like ours to be a little different if we do it. All right, we'll come up. All right, with something we'll figure different. it out. We'll, we'll figure that out off air. The three of us will do our little group text. By the way, nobody's going to mention that I sent Chabalta bread to you guys this morning in a picture. <laughs> <laughs> that I had, I went out with my buddy David Bache, very kind of famous actor. He did did a TV show back in the day. You'd recognize him. He, his kid goes to my school, and we had breakfast. What together was the TV this morning. show? Uh, it was called Three Sisters on NBC, and then he did that show on TV Land. Gosh, what was it called? I forget. It was uh, Hot in Cincinnati. Had- <laughs> wrong, no. wrong Ohio. No, the city. other one. The other one. It, it wasn't Hot in Cincinnati. It was the other the other show. Ian, what's his name? Killing. David what? David Allen Bache. B-A-S-C-H-E. If you're going to mention one of your active friends, we're obviously going to look him up on IMDb as the show goes. Yeah. So he was the he was the star of the show. It was with Kristen Johnson and Wayne, Wayne Newman. Knight. Hello, Newman. Yeah, Wayne Knight. And the dude from Scrubs. Hello, Newman. X's. But so we went out. He was in X's. Yes, that was it. X's. And he was the lead. He was also he was in Bull. Lead. Yeah, man. He's, he's a working actor. He's a pro's pro, man. But I mean, you were in Bull. I was, but I was in the original Bull in 2000. I was the star, one of the stars of that show. That goes, that goes way back. Um, that was with Stanley Tucci, me, Malik Yoba, George Newbern. That was a fun show. Um, I forgot where I was going. Oh yeah, but I sent you guys a picture of Chibalta bread. It was I, I, I got know. a I got a egg I sandwich said something. on Chibalta bread. I acknowledged it. I made a joke. It wasn't funny. No, but I meant on air. I feel like you got to mention the Chibalta bread <laughs> because I looked at it. I was like, without DVR, I'd just be holding an egg. <laughs> I mean, not though, just be holding egg and cheese, which is gross, by the way. If you ever had to pick up an egg for any reason, it's not. Yeah, you need the Chipotle bread. I'm just going to keep calling it that. That's just my running gag. Oh, you've owned that at this point. I remember Three Sisters. Yes, he was the star of it. <laughs> Vicky Lewis was. That's it. It was the Vicky Lewis show. I, I now, why do I remember that having Vicky Lewis in it? Is the question. I don't know. I'll ask him about <laughs> Vicky Lewis. I'll tell him and say, we just talked about your career on the podcast, and he'll make a, a funny, self-deprecating joke, because that's the kind of guy he is. Derek Van Riper, you were going to bring us back to something that had to do with baseball. But I do want to say, Josh Van Meter, you are a big believer in, right? Yeah, and Rick Vandenherk. Um, any, any Van anything. Any Van anything, because he's trying, because Derek Van Riper, and that's I think that's why you're so high on Van. But go ahead, please bring us back to to baseball as we wrap. All right, snap responses. I'm gonna name a team. Ian, you tell me who you think their leader in saves will be. Then Nanda, you do the same. Let's start with the Mariners. McGill. Yeah, I think it has to be McGill. I think it'll be McGill because Adams isn't coming back till halfway through the season. Yeah, I think he makes a lot of sense too. He's cheap right now. I like him. I kind of like him better than. Getting into the Pirates mess. Giants. I'm going to say Tony Watson. Reyes Maranta. Reyes Maranta. Yeah, he blew out his arm, though. But I forgot he blew out his shoulder. I know. Yeah. That's a bummer. I, I'm I like him. I'm going to go to Watson, too. Uh, we actually got a, a beat writer thing coming where um, I think Andrew Baggerly said, you know, Watson's going to be cheap, but you also got to get Sean Anderson. Yeah, I like Sean Anderson. I think I'm, I think I'm on Baggerly's side. I don't know if you had Anderson ahead of Watson or if it's a tandem, but I, I think Sean Anderson in relief is kind of interesting. I think the San Francisco Giants are going to win 62 games, so stay away. Staying in that boat. Maybe a team on the rise, though. How about the Marlins? They're on the rise. I'm going to say Jarlin Garcia. I love the Marlins. Harlan the Marlin. You're going, okay. You're going, going with the lefty. 
They just added Brandon Kinsler. Yeah, they did. Did you see how he just corrected me nicely and smoothly? Because I said Jarlin Garcia, and he said Jarlin Garcia. Well done. See what he did? Did it to me too. That's why we got the. That's why Chibaltas is here with us. That's why he's Chibalta. Corrections are almost <laughs> as good as done. Ian's faux uh, humility. <laughs> it's not that faux. I. You just got to understand, man. I. I remember who I was in my twenties. I remember what a mess I made out of my own life. I'm a schmuck. I'm the knucklehead. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm a recovering knucklehead. How about that? That's great. I like that. Anyone else, DVR? Kind of like Ryan Stanek, but that's a situation where I have such a bad read on the whole bullpen. I'm probably not drafting like any of them too. outside of like, I like Stanek too. NL only reserves, maybe, or $1 types if I'm trying to chase a third source of saves. If you guess, I think if you guess right for that Marlins team, for that one, because they're all going to be like $1 to $5 guys, maybe Kinsler goes up to like eight in an NL only. But if you guess right with that $1 guy, I got a feeling someone's going to get it and they're going to stick with it. Like, that's, you know, maddingly old school. But also, I think they're going to win more games. I, I, I think the Marlins are going to get better. I, I think that Jeter is building that team the right way. They're taking their time. And I think they're going to win 69 to 73 games. How about that? Maybe there's still someone out there who... Uh, Tough division. I wonder who's still, like, that's if there's a reliever still floating out there, they can grab. Mm, Pedro Strope's still out there. Hey, take us out, Nando. You there it is. That could be it. All right. We did it. We got to go. Thank you all uh, once again for listening, for joining us on this journey. Um, for blah 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 red, <laughs> Derek Van Riper. <laughs> I have nothing to add to that. That's, a, that's outstanding. For Johnny Famous, Ian Kahn, catch him on MLB Now. He'll definitely be at, you're definitely going to have a second shot at this. We will, we will see you next week past the paywall. And thanks again to you guys. Secret word is Kila. Kayla, something. Next week, we'll get to the Orioles, we swear, or whatever the version of the Orioles is, uh, number five on our rundown, that letter E on our rundown. Uh, Thank you all. Enjoy. We'll see you on iTunes. Bye.